Welcome to Promo Insiders, an ASI media podcast that covers the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry. I'm CJ Mitica, Editor-in-Chief, and today I'm joined by Lucas Gariglia, CEO and co-founder of Rowboat Creative, a creative merch agency based in Chicago. Rowboat specializes in live decoration, and Lucas will discuss the current status and future of activations and experiential branding events. Lucas, thanks so much for joining us today. Yes, sir. CJ, always happy to, to connect with you and um, shed some light on, um, on this wonderful industry. So I think the last time I think I saw you in person may have been, may have been 2019 or 18 in Chicago. 40, 40 years ago. Yeah, and, and nothing <laughs> has really changed since, since then, as far, as far as I can tell. Um, for, for you guys, though, um, you know, your company, Rowboat, was heavily involved in things like live decoration and experiential branding. I think that's the term that you guys use as, as a part of your business and certainly something you're heavily involved in before the pandemic. Uh, where do you think stand now with that side of your business? Um, they've been really strong. I mean, honestly, you know, everybody had the hiccups during COVID and trying to figure out what was a responsible move and what was a healthy move, um, not only for just general consumers and companies and how companies and, you know, our partners wanted to be kind of out there in the world and, um, you know, still bringing their energy. So we had a lot, um, well, I, I shouldn't say we had a lot during COVID, but we had a couple um, activations even through COVID that were just a little bit more of a hurdle of trying to figure out, you know, how we maintain, um, you know, responsibility and health and, and keep everybody comfortable. But it's really continued to scale up from there. Um, I, I want to say that, you know, the, the live experiential aspect, we've been in it for, for I don't know, 10, 10 years at this point. Um, and I don't think that it has necessarily that the bubble has burst, but I feel like it has just become so rampant that I think at a certain extent, companies are trying to still think of how do we reinvent the wheel? And, and that's always been, you know, definitely in our corner of trying to figure out how to do something interesting. Um, so I guess to answer your question, I mean, it's been very strong for us. It's always been something that we've, we've had as a cornerstone of what we do at Rowboat and kind of thinking outside the box. Um, but it's just been a little bit interesting to see the trajectory of where things are going, how companies are trying to react, how we're trying to react and, and, and really just try to keep pushing the envelope just so it's not the same. You know, everybody has live screen printing at events these days. So how do you really shake it up? How do you make it interesting and, and a unique experience for everybody? Uh, I guess I'll ask you that question then. How do you shake it up? How do you make it interesting and new and fresh? <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's always the magic question. Um, and I think for us, it really is just trying to think outside of the norm. You know, for everybody, if they're coming to it and thinking we want to do something experiential, if it's being rooted in screen printing or, or, or heat press transfers or, or even, I mean, we've done live embroidery. Um, so I think we try to come at it from an angle of here are the typical, everybody's automatically going to rush towards t-shirts or tote bags or, or, or hats. And, and we've done some very interesting, um, activations with Corona. We did something that was, they were these custom, um, like poly, they weren't poly mailer sleeves, but they were a custom vellum sleeve for records. 
Um, and so we were trying to figure out how we can do that and how we can still bring that customization aspect to those, which is a little bit different because are you working with screen printed transfers? Are you working with digital transfers? So it's a little bit of a, you know, an uphill battle trying to figure out and do some R&D and testing internally of what actually works. Also, what can be replicated live, how it can happen very quickly um, and also <laughs> uphold over time so that things aren't falling apart. So. You know, I think we, as a team, I mean, we just throw everything at the wall. Um, you know, Joe, my business partner, and he's our COO. I mean, we we literally are throwing everything at the wall in terms of how do, how do we push the limits? Can we even print on this? Is this something that we can replicate live? I mean, bringing embroidery machines to an activation for Adidas is great, but it's also completely crazy because those machines are are so you know just delicate, and one thing goes wrong, and now the alignment's off, and you know you have to worry about that and, and worry about thread breaking. And general consumers not really understanding the concept of production, and you're not in your safe space of your normal production zone where you know what the humidity is at and where we can kind of control those things. So, um, you know, we we really just try to start at step one of let's go wild. Let's throw the most insane ideas out there. Certainly talking about it before internally, before it goes to the client side, because the age old issue is that clients will come up with something amazing, especially if we're working with a marketing or branding agency or partner. And, you know, the end client, whoever it is, Budweiser, Corona, or someone like that, that they've already pitched these ideas. Then they come to us and they're like, cool, bring this to life. And all of a sudden we're like, well, <laughs> that's not really possible. So, and by the way, we have two days to figure this out because it goes live. So, you know, that's everybody, I think, will attest to that in this industry, that we're the last ones to know. And we're the the first ones to be kind of chastised if, why can't you do that? And how do we do it? And too, too late, you already have the garments. So figure it out. Yeah, no, certainly. Always those uh, raised expectations that were that people in the industry like yourself are the miracle, miracle workers who always get it done. No matter what. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. We're the we're the the wizard of Oz that a lot of, you know, it's kind of a thankless job too. Not that we're in it to to you know to be gunning for the thank yous, but you know, it, it always every time that we're doing backflips and making rainbows happen, it's always kind of just like, oh well, cool. I'm like, all right, well, you have no idea what happened, you know, <laughs> to make all of that happen. Yeah, right. Not that you need to, but it is yeah. what it is. So let's I want to take uh, just a minor step back backwards. So 2020, obviously things very, very slow, uh, certainly with, with live, live events and probably relatedly uh, live de decoration, activations, experiential branding. 2021 and 22, we started to see the return of live events. And I think 22 was, was a pretty good year later in the year as far as live events go. Now, on your side of it, with the experiential branding aspect, um, you know, when those clients had those events that were coming back to you maybe after a year or two hiatus, were they were they just going for broke right from the start with like the, the biggest, most ambitious ideas? Or was there like a, a, a slower ramp up back up to, because of other lower attendance, cuts in budget or other factors? Um, I think a combination. Um, I think that everybody, you know, I mean, even during COVID, I mean, we had outrageous meetings, um, you know, about activations that were still sometimes six figure budgets that people yeah. were looking to put together, you know, and we're sitting back and we're trying to figure out, you know, let alone, it's not, you know, we're not in the cash just chase. So we're thinking, especially during that segment of time, what is comfortable for our staff? What is comfortable for general public? 
yes, you know, this company, even if they're going to green light this and we're going to move forward with this, are we in a responsible place? Are we going to get backlash for, you know, who is this company bringing these live events here? And now all of a sudden, you know, we've got lines and hundreds and hundreds of people and are we the bad person doing something we shouldn't be doing? So, um, so those conversations were still really bubbling a lot, even during COVID, they kind of lulled a little bit. Some of them, you know, either just fizzled out or got killed because they realized this is not a good thing to be doing. Um, but I think going into 21 and even going into 22, those conversations are there, but I think that a little bit of the, you know, the budgeting kind of scaled back a little bit. And I think that, it's, we've tried to look at that. And I've certainly tried to look at that in terms of what I was saying in the beginning of like, is, has the bubble just come down a little bit? You know, uh, what people were really, really gunning towards and fine to say, all right, let's do a, you know, a six figure budget on something like this, that is a four day event or a four week event. Um, has that just kind of scaled back? And part of that, you know, might have been partly just a shift in, how people are receiving merch, how people are receiving the live experiential side of it. You know, the, for us, the live branding is, is one part of it. And that's, you know, kind of the live aspect of it. If it's the screen printing, if it's the, the heat press, um, you know, or embroidery, whatever it is, but we're involved in a lot of the other experiential aspect of it too, from the set build out to kind of the concept of, you know, for a brand at Lollapalooza, if they're just going to have a 10 by 10, 10, how do we make that an experience? Maybe they don't even have live printing there, but we're still involved kind of in the fabrication and the the ideation and the side of, you know, that whole side of it too. So yeah. some things might have shifted over to that where the budget scaled back and, you know, we don't want to allot this to, to having a full team to be doing live screen printing, but we're still going to activate with the, the build out of that and how we can execute on that. So, um, you know, I, I guess to go back to it, I mean, they've, they, they really just kind of ebb and flow and it's really wild because we see them come in, you know, in the last, you know, in 2022, I'd probably say like between like third quarter and beginning of fourth quarter, we were out really, really heavy. I mean, we were doing stuff in New York and Florida and we were all over the place and, you know, it seemed like it was just a really big ramp up again. And then there's a lot more talks for what's going to happen towards the end of the year. And then, you know, Q1 of 23, but then all of a sudden, you know, the last week alone, I've had those meetings and they're like, well, we're going to kind of hold on that because I think that's always the natural thing. You know, we start talking those numbers, everybody wants to do it. And then all of a sudden the new year starts and everybody's like, well, hold on a second. Let's not just go, you know, dump in the bank right out of the gate. Let's see how things are going to kind of, right. kind of go. So, but that's the nature of the beast. I mean, the event space is completely wild because we'll have these conversations for months and months and months. And then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore or it changes and we're going to do something completely different. And now we got to revamp everything. So, you know, I, I really kind of, I think we liken it to just the, like the touring world where it's like, we can be prepared all day long, but all of a sudden something changes in an instant and all right, well, you've been working kind of fruitlessly for that. And, it, but that's <laughs> the nature of the beast, I guess. In the event space, ha have there been permanent changes that, that you have seen that are going to continue into next year and, and moving forward? As far as what, just like how people are approaching things, yeah, or? like their their aims, what they're what they're looking to accomplish, you know, how they're how they're looking to do it. Are there is there is there scope at as big? Are they looking to bring in as many many people? Like I think you know, there's there's so much speculation about what our events going to look like in in this yeah, yeah, post yeah. era. What what do you, what do you see? Um, I don't. I really don't know. I mean, I think that it's it's just such a 
it's kind of a shot in the dark because, you know, we've seen touring certainly ramp way back up. I mean, I was just having this conversation with my wife and and how, how huge country music has, you know, just taken over kind of the world and also just the music industry. Yeah. And I mean, you know, predominantly, you know, four or five years ago, what we were just really, really toppled with a lot of rap and hip hop. And that's still certainly there. It's, it really has been replaced by a lot of, just big, big country artists and big, big production there. So we saw touring obviously scale back during COVID times and it, it really ramped back up and it's there. But I think that the the focus in terms of either live events or just in general, people are so, I, I think, zeroed in on quality. And I think that there was a really interesting thing that happened during COVID, not only for us internally, but also I think just the general population of of having the opportunity to really step back focus on things how do we zero in on specific things not only internally for the business but you know what are we doing kind of just as people and and i think a lot of companies stepped back and said well if we rattle down the numbers we're spending xyz on merch okay well that's fine but are we getting the best quality of merch are we doing quantity over you know quality and we've always really been focused on on that aspect of it we can handle quantity all day long and we can deal with it but you know i think a lot of the conversations are always look, if we put a little bit more into this, it's not that all of a sudden we're making 10 times more in terms of our margin and what we need to make. I think we're always just on the front lines of wanting it to be the best that it can be because we see it from both sides. Joe and I came from the music industry and so we've been there to see when a band or an artist has really shitty merch. And you can see that and now being on the other side of it, on the production side of knowing that it really isn't that much more dollar value, you know, to, to say, let's do this. Let's do something as with really customized hem tags or, or woven tags or just little things that really add to the value or even the perceived value to say, well, now as an end user or an artist, you can, you can sell this for probably $10, $12 more. And that's pretty considerable over the grand scheme of things. So, um, you know, I think that that's, that's been a big focus, um, focus on quality, not focus on quantity. You know, if it is something that is a big, bigger, um, activation, how do we do it so that we're not blowing all the budget? How do we do it? So it's something that we can follow it up because for us, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter to have a one and done activation and we never hear from the client again. I mean, the idea is how do we do this and how do we consistently do this? And if you were used to spending $100,000 on an activation, what if we scale that back? And what if we do that as 60,000, but we also scale up a $40,000 other merch program here that has the ability to follow it up instead of now you've just timed out your entire budget because you blew it on one event. And maybe it's, you know, very impactful and successful. But I think that's the that's the name of the game, at least for us, of just how do we keep the cycle moving? How do we keep consistent? How do we stay in front of people? And how do we just keep the ideas fresh and, and generating new things? The activation space, I think it's interesting because per and maybe an outsider, like a, a distributor who's not specifically tied into that space, it's very interesting, high profile, very unique. Um, you know, what, what's your your advice is like if, if, some, if, if a distributor in our industry wants to get involved in that activation space, is it like jump in both feet or is it like like a word of caution? high barrier of entry, like, you're, you know, there's lots of things you need to consider. Like, what, what's your advice? Um, I, <laughs> I guess the first piece of advice is that it's, it can be very stressful because, you know, I mean, I think that we, 
we're comfortable coming from a performative background. And so part of this really is a performative aspect of it. And you have to think of every single element that can potentially go wrong. You know, to go back to what I said, you are not in your safe space. You're not, you know, if your dryer goes down during production, all right, that's fine. We kill production for a little bit and we try to figure out what's going on. But sure. in a live event, you've got, you know, hundreds of people that are standing there wondering what's going on. So, you know, first word of advice is just be, you know, be prepared for that. You really have to think through all the elements. And I mean, we, you know, we've done it for over 10 years, 12 years, and there's still things that just pop up that you cannot control. So I think just be wary about that, but it's certainly not, you know, there's an uphill curve to it, just like anything, because it's a different element and it's a different setting and it's just a different beast. And I think having having kind of gone through it and and the the regiment of understanding how to set the expectations with your client or with your partner, knowing, you know, the potentials for what can go wrong, because then it's not like, Hey, you're expecting 100% perfection for this entire thing. Cause when that doesn't happen, then they're going to be pissed and you know, then it's not going to look good. So I feel like if you're setting those expectations, go through it. I mean, we've done, we've done beta testing. We've done kind of proof of proof of concept, even internally, we, where we were sharing literally a private video link with, um, I think it was Nike, um, with something with the hand printing jets of really how the flow was going to go. And we did it just in one of our, in our digital room, we literally just set up what would be kind of the customer flow and the consumer flow and, and showing here's how we, we should do this. We should have our brand ambassadors that are handing, you know, these customization cards and how many we really need. And you're, you're somewhat justifying what the budgeting is because you're saying, okay, well, we need five additional brand ambassadors to really manage the lines, to manage people and to, to keep everybody kind of engaged when if things start to do take a little bit of time, if there's some downtime, then people aren't just standing there. And so, you know, I, I think just go into it, you know, we go into everything kind of full bore and, you know, that's, that's just how we are and how we've always been. And, you know, sometimes it, it, well, knock on wood, it hasn't really ever fully blown up in our face, but, you know, you just have to be prepared, you know, you're just jumping in the deep end. And, um, you know, so there's some learning curve with that, but no, I think it's a great aspect. I think that there's certainly a lot of value in it. I think that, you know, the things that for anybody who's either afraid of it or just, you know, just not, sure of if you want to do it, you're already doing it. You're already heat pressing things within your shop. You're already printing things. So, you know, maybe don't go full bore into the deep end. Like maybe we would, but, you know, try it out, do something with like a swim team, do something at, you know, at a farmer's market and try to grab some of those clients. Because a lot of the times we honestly kind of just, we dipped into it years and years ago because it's something we had already been doing. And the experiential side of it is something that we had been doing kind of as a ghost production company per se. Um, And then all of a sudden, you know, we were having these meetings with these larger clients that were talking to us very candidly about, well, I have to hire this production company and I have to handle this fabricator and I have to handle this person. And we just said, not even for the sake of like, all right, well, let's just do more together, but how can we make your life easier? We can do this all under one roof because we've already been doing it. And so a, a huge section of our Chicago facility is a fabrication area where we do that. I mean, we we kind of do the R&D testing of it. Yes, we do our high volume screen printing and embroidery and everything in a different you know part of the building too, but it's all under one thing. So we're, we can really be, I guess, conscious and control all the aspects of it. So, you know, my 
long-winded word of advice is uh, jump in because there's certainly opportunity and those opportunities, you know, lead to something else. And even if it's something as small as a farmer's market and you're doing that, you might meet somebody that comes up and just says, Hey, I need some other merch. What else do you do outside of that? You know, don't, don't pigeonhole and corner yourself into this is all we do. All we do is live scrimping. I mean, there's some companies that, that that is all that they do, but it's just really one facet of what we do. And I think it's just, it's very helpful for us to wear kind of a lot of different chameleon hats because it leads to opportunity. You said something interesting and something that I hadn't thought of. Maybe tell me if this is true. Like, you know, if you're a, a, a music act, a band on stage, you know, you're most of the best ones, they're not just playing music. They're, you know, they're working the crowd, right? They're, they're <laughs> right, engaging. Right. So is, is that the same thing with live decoration? Are you just, you just, are you just printing shirts and bags or is there like an element of like crowd work involved in it? No, there, there definitely is. You know, I mean, we've seen, we've seen a lot. I mean, I've seen a lot of companies that, that do it and they very, are very kind of just mechanical about it. And, you know, they're there to do a job and we're here to operate that way. But I don't think we come at it from that because it, it's still customer service. It's customer interaction. So, right. you know, a lot of these times for these events, you know, whether they have open bar or they're at a festival or whatever it is, like people are there to have a good time. This is supposed to be an engaging thing that is is bringing that energy. So if you're just there and someone hands you their T-shirt and you print their T-shirt and, you know, you pass it on, they, they move along. I mean, that's kind of the same thing of going going to the grocery store and you're kind of just like, okay, here you go, here you go, here you go. And so I do, to your point, I mean, we try to bring that energy. I mean, that's what, that's the point of it to us. You know, that's why we've either been hired or why we're on people's radars of like, these guys can not only bring the interesting and the creative ideas, they can bring the execution. They can also bring the energy for what it is and trying to really delve into what is that client or what is that, that partner in. And what is the vibe that they want? You know, if it's a very stagnant, sterile, you know, kind of corporate environment and that's how they want it to be read, then we have those conversations. It's the same when we go into, you know, either designing or, or attacking aspects of merch for somebody of like, what's, I want to know what your vibe is. Like, what is your demographic? What are we trying to do here? Because we wouldn't be doing, you know, we're not using the same garments that we might be for a grade school that we're using for, you know, a large scale you know, rap show or something like that. So it's just really just immersing yourself and saying, cool, let's be part of this. And let's, let's really be an extension of your brand. And, you know, so that we can kind of bring that, that energy. Great. So to wrap up, um, tell me just about like, you know, how did business go this year? How, how are you lo looking in terms of closing up the year and, and what, what's 2023 looking like for, for Robo for you guys? So it's funny, I mean, even before, you know, we were kind of discussing doing this and, and just kind of sharing some of the content ideas, yeah. um, we we have our year-end wrap meeting that we do every year um, that's actually coming up tomorrow. And we do, so we'll do our executive awards and we'll do some really fun awards and everything. And, and it really is a time, I think, that we all look forward to, not only because we can do our holiday party and everything else, but it's a time when we can all of a sudden pick our heads up, I think, from the battle. And, and, and I have my head down for what seems like 14 years through one year. And I think that we're all collectively like that, where, you know, it's somewhat of a, a little bit of a flaw and, and a blessing too, because we just do so many things that we don't even have a chance to celebrate some of the big wins. And so we just got back, you know, kind of what our, our year end numbers look like and our projections for 23. 
really excited about that. I mean, we're up not only the, the important parts, I guess, for us, I mean, we're up about 20% in just in terms of revenue. I mean, over the last four years, the number is completely crazy. I mean, our, we're up like 2200% just in general growth, which has wow. been insane. So, yeah, I mean, that literally, I had to read it like four times. But, um, but I don't even, you know, we care about that and I care about that. But I think the biggest things to us are really focusing in on what we've been able to do as a team. We have the best team. We have the best lean and mean and most efficient team that we've ever had in the history of the company. And I think that those are the things that mean the most to us. Um, so, you know, I, we starting in COVID, that was a very specific time for us to really look internally make sure that we're focusing on, you know, what is our internal platform? What does the communication look like between everybody? Because we had the opportunity with things slowing down for everybody. All right, let's use this time to really work on ourselves and figure out what that is. And I mean, Joe has been working really tirelessly to, to be able to do that. We, we made the switch two years ago about to, to Printavo and it's just been a game changer for us and being able to really work inside of that and, and try to figure out just the efficiencies of how we get more efficient, not only for our customers, but realistically for us internally. So numbers have been really great um, for us. I mean, we've had some really, really big wins um, kind of on my totem pole things. We did a really big production run for, for corn this year which like between oh. corn and Deftones um, and Tool have always been the highlight of, I think after we hit the trifecta of that, then I'm retiring. Um, so, but, remind our audience, by the way, corn, not, not the crop. Corn, the band. <laughs> no, corn, Sorry. yeah, corn, the, 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 I guess, heavy kind of new metal band. But, um, you know, we're, we're all kind of big fans of that. So that was a really cool thing. But, and as far as 23, I mean, we're, we're kind of in the same lane. You know, let's just hit the ground running, but, but very much really focusing still internally. I mean, we do what we do. We've been very, you know, I think lucky and blessed to be continue continually be able to do what we do and have such a great team. So I want to just continue doing what we do. Part of that is just putting the blinders on, keeping our head down and stay in our lane and kind of just continue to, to, to do what we can do on the production aspect, but also like this stuff. I mean, you know, as for as long as you and I have known each other, you know, whatever in terms of the uh, collaborative writing or contributing writing or stuff that I can do just to shed some light on it. Because even when we first started, I mean, we were in the new kids when it was just, you know, t-shirt forums and message boards. And now, you know, we're, we're part of so many different things and there's so many great expos and, um, you know, conferences that, that are just watching the industry and the people that were, were the new kids on the block 10 and 12 years ago that now really have a little bit of notoriety because we've had some success, but also that we're still here and we're trying to educate people and we want to be there as a resource for any of the newcomers that either are just, you know, getting into it and saying, how do I do this? Where do I even do this? Because I feel like we almost had nobody at a certain extent just to do that. And it was that part of why I think we're just trial by fire and just, I don't know, jump into the deep end, we'll figure it out. And just to be clear, new kids on the block, not on your totem pole. I'm not sure you turned down the order. No, I want to. I, I don't know if I don't know if we've ever when they had their like resurgence. I don't even know. I don't think that we ever had like an ask to do any production for them. But yeah, that would be that would be kind of interesting. <laughs> well, Lucas, uh, you know, congratulations on all your success. I'm glad to hear that, that Robo's doing very well. And thank you again for you know sharing your time and your expertise with us. Yeah, I appreciate it, TJ. Um, yeah, and everything, anything that we can do to, to, to continue to push the industry. All right. Well, th thank you, everybody, for listening and watching Promo Insiders, and have a great rest of your week.